Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, Disney Plus hits its first birthday. Among Us and Pokemon Go is thriving in the pandemic. And is it time to outrun Arcade 1-Up? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows, and if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything you can to support us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, it is truly appreciated. Once again, stepping into the big chair, it is our good friend indeed. You got to catch him each and every week on Facebook at Hunnicween and also as well the Hunnic Outcast. It is the mastermind behind both those great groups. It is my good friend, a pop culture icon himself, Noah Ian Fine. And Noah, great to have you back on the program once again. Hopefully I will not torture your ears so much through this hour this time around. Throw it at me, man. What do we got? Well, guess what, my friend? More movie delays. What a shock. Okay, I got a couple quick questions. Well, I mean, there's only two real ones that were the latest update. I mean, Yeah, those are the ones I wanted to, yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically what happens, I mean, Disney, among other things, not only did they lay off some studio employees, not only did one of their companies that they've purchased in many years since ESPN, lay off 500 employees. But on top of that, Disney went ahead and announced that Free Guy, which had been pushed from 2021 into 2020, is now being put off the schedule. It's been taken off of it and moved most likely back into 2021 at some point in time. Plus also Kenneth Branagh's death on denial. So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend, on this. It's really disappointing to see that a movie that they have such high hopes for which they'd already moved into 2020, has now been moved out of it. Free Guy, Ryan Reynolds. Here's my problem, though, is that the premise almost felt a little bit like Wreck-It Ralph because it's a video game character, but he doesn't know he's in a video game, and he's trying to find a way to make sure it's not going to be 
taken off. I think it's an online. Uh, yeah, it's MMO. an online multiplayer, and they were going right, to. Right, looks so like, yeah. I, I'm surprised those things still exist because they haven't been talked about for years. But it's Ryan Reynolds. It's interesting because again, Record Ralph did this a couple of years ago. Maybe Ryan Reynolds can do it a little bit better because it, the problem with Ralph breaks the internet. They just made it to cornball and 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 everybody was just super nice including the virus here if he did it though it'd probably be pg-13 rated r and i do know that if this part of disney or disney i think this was a 20th century fox project yes this was this was made under 20th century fox when the purchase happened between disney buying a lot of those properties from 20th century fox they got this as part of the deal they obviously liked what it represents it looks fun i know josh and i we're really high on it, and it's something that we had even said on one of our previous shows, I think last month, that we thought Free Guy had all the makings to be a big hit in 2020. I also heard things that Ryan Reynolds had this huge contract with Disney, and there was a possibility of Deadpool being part of the MCU right now. Even though uh, at some point in time, I would say, I think you could put solid money on that happening. I think you could. Yeah, so so I'm sure they want him, and there's no reason why they shouldn't. And when I walked out of a screen at Deadpool 2, I said that the man was both an American and Canadian treasure. But uh, my, my problem is right now, I don't understand that if Disney, whether they succeeded or failed with Milan charging 30 bucks, I would pay 30 bucks to see this on Disney Plus right now. I mean, I would also do the Black Widow. It's yes. just... It, it, it's you know and that's the other thing too i know we're not going to talk about that today and, it, and that's also been delayed yes. that's also a big one but i would have no problem doing it for those two films now the other one death on the nile that's kenneth bradnock he obviously he had a hit with his previous film in that series so murder on the orient express that was yeah. a big big hit for 20th century fox earning close to 500 million dollars on not that large of a budget so he was trying to duplicate the same thing again, and I think it was bumped back into December, late December, and that now is just basically off the schedule entirely. Yeah, you know, the problem is that I am a fan of his. Uh, he's had a couple of turkeys, but, you know, his version of Cinderella, and I liked his his direction on Thor. I've also loved what he's done when he directed a few Shakespeare films. But don't ask him to be another Russian agent like he is in Tenet. Well, I He has to pull out that accent and it just doesn't quite work for me. Yeah, but you see, the thing is, I also feel the man could do no wrong. I mean, he's also done a southern accent. I mean, he's Wild West, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, love him or hate him in that, I I don't know. I I thought he was the best thing of Loveless, but that's just me. I feel he could do no wrong, but I was glad what he did with a remake of Warren Express. We didn't ask for it, but it worked. It worked. It I liked it. Even his yeah, French I mean, accent kind of worked. Yeah, I mean, listen, the guy works as a director. Please don't get me wrong. I would have. I, I knew he was going to be working on a sequel to that character, so I am disappointed. The problem I feel is that I don't think people are going to. I know they want to go to the movies again. But would they really want to rush out to see a sequel to Murder of the Orient Express when they more seem to be? Even today, if I go to the movies, I want to go to see an MCU movie. I want to go see a blockbuster. Anything that feels to be like a Broadway play, I could wait to rent it. On the other hand, 
This is also something that they should have put on. I mean, if this is part of the 20th Century Fox deal, then I don't understand. And I and I've heard these rumors, and I guess we'll get to it. But I think they're changing plus a little, but we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. There's no reason why either of these movies they couldn't work some way around the way they did with Milan. But is it shelved indefinitely? I guess we'll find out in the next... I mean, 2021 is only two months away. So anything can happen. I, I just think... Also, my, my, my idiotic question would be then that if they made billions off of the MCU plus the Star Wars movies, love them or hate them, I don't know why they're letting people go, but that's just me. I, I And I'm not too sure what they're not doing with how they're releasing the films, but again, that's just me. I think the ones that are really losing are going to be the fans. Well, they're always the last in the equation, unfortunately, in this situation, when you keep delaying film after film. And it's not just Disney, Universal, Paramount. They're all moving their films backwards to 2021 and beyond. It's just become a reshuffling and reshuffling week after week after week movie after movie so it's not just disney that's doing it and yes disney plus is seeing more 20th century fox products coming into disney plus so we'll talk about that here in a sec but i will say this free guy if and when it comes out i think is earmarked to be a big hit whether or not it's going to be in the theaters or straight to video straight on demand or straight to disney plus we're not sure yet death on the nile I think because it has that name value from Orient Express, I think that will also be a very solid hit as well. So I'm hoping that we'll at some point get to see these two products, maybe in the near future, but I highly doubt it because if you're going ahead and you had Free Guy 2021 and then you moved him in to 2020, now you're moving it back out of 2020. Who knows when these movies are actually going to be ever shown on the big screen? What are your thoughts out there on both Free Guy and Death on the Nile being pushed back into 2021 and possibly beyond? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, there's so much more to talk about on today's show. It's going to be a good one. We're going to be talking about Disney Plus hitting the big one coming up here on the 12th, right around the time the new console generation. So that'll be hitting one. So we want to talk about that because we're getting so caught up with everything that's going on with the console generation. So I did want to go ahead and let Disney Plus at one slip on by. So we're going to talk about that today. Borat 2 is a big, big hit. How big? We're going to go ahead and talk about that coming up as well. Among Us and Pokemon Go are also huge hits. We're going to talk about the kind of following that they're having and how big they are in the middle of this pandemic. Plus also as well, Noe and Fine is going to talk about Yakuza and how he really has a feel for the series on the verge of a updated version of the latest game in the series to be coming out. That's going to be Yakuza Like a Dragon. That's going to be coming out very soon to play Xbox One and PlayStation 5. It's going to be coming out to the more newer consoles, the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the whole nine yards. So that'll be coming out next week, actually. Noah's going to be playing that game and tell us how it is, but first he wants to go into detail his love for the Yakuza series, and he's going to do that coming up on the show as well. And then on the back end, Josh and I are going to be talking about a couple issues, including Arcade 1-Up and their pinball allotment, as far as the games that are on there, it's attached, and most importantly, the price point. 
because Arcade 1UP is doing some things that not everybody seems to be enjoying. The selections are pretty cool, but it's the price that seems to be getting everyone. So we're going to go ahead and talk about that coming up in a little bit as well. And then also, speaking of Arcade 1UP, Noah and Fine will finish off our conversation talking about the latest Arcade 1UP announcement, OutRun, the old arcade driving game. How is this going to be different? We're going to describe that at the back end of the show as well. But my friend, Disney Plus. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Mandalorian, Hamilton, and so many other good stuff on there too. Yes, Disney Plus has hit the big one. It's hit the big one this year. It's actually going to hit it right around the 12th, like I said. But I will ask you this, Noah. Has it been a good full 12 months? I mean, there were points in time where, yes, after the initial rollout of tons and tons of tons of Disney movies, tons of Disney movies, there was a dry period where there was not really anything new coming in. And I know that's going to be hard in the middle of pandemic, creating a lot of new content. But tell me about your first 365 days, well, almost as the time of this taping of Disney Plus. How has it been for you? Well, it's interesting because last time I was on my soapbox complaining about investing in all these streaming services. Disney Plus, my only complaint about it was the pros and cons were that Disney decided to take everything that they had under their contract with their movie library and their TV library and putting it on a streaming network instead of going to Hulu and Amazon and Netflix. Oh my. Pros about that as well is that you also got reruns of Disney Afternoon. So I got Darkwing Duck and Gummy Bears and the original DuckTales and I was happy. And thankfully it's not going anywhere. As for original content, well, we got National Geographic with Jeff Goldblum on day one. That was a big promise. Got a lot of movies with the exception of Song of the South. I have reviewed it once. I'll probably review it again. But you're not missing much of that film. As for everything else that was supposed to be coming out but got delayed due to the virus, you know, there are reasons why you can and can't keep discussing or blaming or whatever, and it's understandable, but I feel that even when the content does come out, such as Loki, Falcon, and and the Winter Soldier, and WandaVision, those are going to be awesome, I'm sure, but if you got it just because of those shows, you knew that those were going to be a while. They were not going to show up on day one, so it was all about trying to consolidate your Disney, you know, your, your Disney experience. The only other good thing right now is that Hulu, because it's also part of Disney, they are trying to consolidate a better price point. And, and honestly, for the subscription service, $6 a month wasn't terrible for Disney, and you can get a package with ESPN and Hulu, from what I saw, and even ad-free, which is also not bad. I got a three-year package because... I was able to register on D23 and get a three-year coupon. And in all honesty, it's not terrible. But again, it goes back to a few complaints because, you know, Golden Girls is 
technically part of Disney, and the reruns are on Hulu. I'm kind of curious, from what I'm understanding now, they're trying to rework Disney Plus where they're going to take any affiliation and retro it. So if it was Touchstone or part of Miramax, they're going to create a separate section on Disney Plus, apparently, for their second. Well, you're seeing that now in the Marvel section in Disney Plus, where they now have the 20th Century Fox X-Men films in the Marvel Legacy section, if you see it. That they are doing. That's definitely because, of course, they've purchased 20th Century Fox last year. But the other thing is, is that they are slowly, like, for example, Pulp Fiction technically is a Disney movie that may be showing up on Disney+. Plus. Dogma with Kevin Smith was technically part of the Disney family. That could be showing up on Disney+. Plus. Reruns of the Golden Girls that is on Hulu, which is part of Disney, may eventually, once the contract is up, find its way onto Disney+. Plus. So you can actually find stuff that is part of the Disney family that once contracts are up may actually be showing up for the adults, kind of like how Disney had Pleasure Island, you're going to kind of have that for Disney Plus as well. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Please join us for the very first Indie Pods United Convention. This online event is for both new and veteran podcasters, where we will listen and learn from each other. The online Indie Pods United Convention begins on the 29th November through until the 3rd of December 2020, featuring amazing shows and information to learn more about the great world of podcasting. For more information and to register for this unmissable event, please visit the website now, IndiePodsUnited.com. Indie Pods United Convention. Together we listen. Sponsored by Pinecast, Reset Business Consulting, the SJ Network, Rocabella, Cami, and Kelly. They're going to have to loosen up their strings because right now they won't put anything other than the PG-13 programming. But you talked about Pulp Fiction. You talked about some of the other things. And there's some very lucrative properties that they now have in their possession that they can only show on Hulu or don't show at all. Let's say, for instance, like you talked about with Deadpool. Let's let's run Deadpool by this. I mean, that's something that if they want to go ahead and make the big leap, I think for me, where Disney Plus has to evolve, and I've said this time and time again on this show, and I'll, I think I'll go ahead and get on my soapbox and say it one more time, it is in their best interest to consolidate ESPN Plus, Hulu, and Disney Plus all into one Disney Plus package to make it right there have it all in one place, maybe bump it up to $9.99 or $10.99 a month. But if you did that, you would be defeating Netflix on the broad basis of the type of content that you have. You would have a broader base of content, you'd have more content, and realistically, you would have a better package to offer. I agree with that as well. And I think they were trying to work. Right now, I think they have something, as you just said, but I think it's 12 well, the name, Disney. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing yeah. that holds it back. That's the thing. That's the reason why. If there was, if it was Disney Plus had created Disney Plus and just put it under, let's just say Plus, made that just the name Plus, they would have done this already. But the problem is all that content which they feel may not fit under the Disney guidelines, they have to now broaden because, for instance, Hamilton, which was a massive, massive hit for them, which we'll talk about in a sec again when it comes to Borat. That was a massive hit, but there was F-bombs in it that they had to either delete out or they basically just kind of just 
you know, silenced it or whatnot. But the premise was still there. You could see them mouthing the the F words on it. And that's something that Disney in this day and age in 2020 might have to get used to letting a little bit more slide and a little bit more slide if they want that premier entertainment that can garner a larger audience. You know, and this is what I said they should do. They have some Disney content on there and they can definitely do it with Disney+. Plus. You put the disclaimer or, again, most websites, they do have a parental blocker. Netflix has a parental blocker. Hulu has a parental blocker. Amazon Prime has a parental blocker. Yes, you have to search for it, but they do have it. There's no reason not to put it on Disney+. And in all honesty, getting back to something like Deadpool, well, when Bob Iger was still CEO, he was for putting Deadpool in the MCU. He had no problem with it as long as Kevin Feige. Now that whoever is taking over CEO of Disney now, is that still going to happen? Well, we've seen Once Upon a Deadpool, at least I have. You can't PG-13 Deadpool. You have to make him rated R. It just, Once Upon a Deadpool, I guess that was the point of it. And so all you'd have to do, okay, movie theaters, I've discussed this about having kids see an R-rated movie, but to make it for the streaming, yes, there is no reason and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, you can put a parental blocker on your streaming service content. It's not that hard. You see it in the help section. You see it when you log on. It's there. So I agree with you with, uh, on this one, Gerald. There was no reason not to put all the other stuff from Hulu or just merge Hulu and Disney. And that's what they need to do. They need to get rid of the Disney Plus service, merge it with Hulu, and just put all the Disney stuff on there, and then you just break down the menus instead of having two separate entities again. You make it, you could call it Pleasure Island. I don't know what you want to call it, but there's no reason to have Hulu and Disney Plus when they all when they both should be the same at this point. Because Hulu is growing at nowhere near the rate Disney. Now, mind you, it's not Netflix at closing in on 200 million subscribers. Mind you, it's not Amazon Prime because of all the things you get with Amazon Prime is closing in on 150. When they release their financials, you're going to see them probably closing in on the 100 million mark as far as subscribers. And for a basically a streaming entity that's now just one year old, I think that's an incredible achievement. And that puts Disney Plus as one of the biggest players in the game. So in order to go ahead and expand and beyond and obviously compete with Netflix, because you know Netflix is just going to continually throw out the cash at whatever projects they can get their hands on. Heard still, even to this day, they're throwing upwards of $200 million for certain projects if they've got the big names attached. So if Disney Plus wants to compete with that, it's all about getting new content, not just the content they have, not just the content that they've bought, about making and creating new content. So they're gonna have to go and bite some bullets and start diverting a lot of their expenses and resources towards Disney Plus. If that is their future, if that's what they say is their future, then they're obviously going to have to make some changes and make sure that they have a viable product. They have the basis of it. They have the groundwork for it. They just got to go ahead and execute. And I think they will be doing that. I think it looks like more and more that they're going to be going ahead and just bringing more things into Disney Plus to make it the place you have to go ahead and watch. Final thing I'm going to say is that when DC rushed out their subscription service, DC Universe, and then HBO Max came out of nowhere, and they ended up taking 
all the DC content and put it on HBO Max. And now DC Universe is just going to be where you're going to read comic books because there's no other way to do this now, even though most of the comics are on Comixology. So DC Universe kind of imported it on itself. I kind of think, again, and I said this a few seconds ago, and I'll say it now, my prediction will be between the second or third anniversary of Disney+, Plus, they're going to have to sit down and merge Hulu with Disney, and like I said, whatever they want to call it, if they want to keep it as Hulu, or they want to keep it as Disney, whatever they want to do it as, but my prediction will be that Hulu and Disney Plus will merge into one, and you'll have a reasonably priced package. I know they do a package now that they offer Hulu, ESPN Plus, and also as well, Disney Plus. I know they bundle them as a package, but they're all separate entities. And the thing is, if you bundle it all in one and just make it part of the option for the customer, I think that's the best thing going forward. And I will tell you what, it's been a great success for Disney Plus one year in. And obviously, them now focusing a lot of their efforts towards Disney Plus and the streaming venture going forward is a great sign for people at home who want to go ahead and see quality television. That's awesome. But Disney Plus, by the time we're here a year from now, Hopefully we can go ahead and say, you know what? Disney Plus made the right move. What are your thoughts out there on Disney Plus at year one? And a special big happy birthday to Disney Plus at that. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, before we hit the half hour mark, I want to go ahead and talk about another big hit that's out there in streaming land. We talked about Amazon Prime and its 150 million subscribers Yes, some of it obviously was for, in fact, we've talked about this before where everybody was getting it for, do you get the shipments free, things of that nature. And they had this little Amazon Prime streaming thing on the side. Well, finally, in the past couple of years, Amazon has finally focused a lot more attention on it, gotten a lot of quality programming on there. Obviously, The Boys has been a big hit, not only in the first season, but season two has really exploded onto the marketplace, becoming one of the top streaming ventures out there for 2020. But so has Borat too, to the point where it's getting the kind of imprint for Amazon Prime that only Hamilton has gotten for Disney+. Plus. That's some big numbers if that's the case. The type of percentage of people that have the service were watching Borat too. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. I've already told you, I think it's a very, very, very good film. I think it's one of the top 10 films of this year. I think the performances, especially by the young lady in the film, was truly outstanding. She literally stole it. She took the film, put it in her pocket, and she just walked away because she stole the film. I want to hear your thoughts on Borat 2 before we head on out to the half-hour mark. You know, it was a sequel we didn't asked for but i'm kind of glad we got and in 2020 when the world has been falling apart for reasons it's great that borat was able to put a smile on my face i miss this character i love this character the sasher baron cohen can do no wrong i think between this and bruno and i don't know how much we could talk about bruno but i i kind of feel that he he knows first of all it's been a great year for sasha baron cohen anyway because he's also and Netflix's um, Trial, Trial of Chicago 7, yes. And that was a magnificent movie. But he's also very underrated, and he was in Through the Looking Glass as an original character simply known as Time. And this was 
made specifically for Sasha Baron Cohen, and the character who's never been in Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass didn't matter. He made that character work. He's made Borat work. He's made Bruno work. Ali He's made G. A lot. Yes, Ali, Ali G. Uh, this is a great character actor, and I must have watched Borat about five, six times in a row. <laughs> but I will say this much as well with Mr. Baron Cohen is that he really needs to Amazon Prime miniseries Borat because I don't think we're done with him. Well, I don't think I, we're I, done with him either. Obviously, Amazon's going to roll out the Brinks truck for him now for a Borat 3 when it comes down the road. The timing was perfect for this. So having him do a Borat 3, the timing's got to be perfect. So I want to say this, my friend, but remember, he had the Showtime series Who is America? And that got canceled, even though it earned high ratings. But for some reason, I, behind the scenes, it's kind of a mystery that it got canceled. But it did get canceled for some reason. Maybe it's politics, pressure, we could with anything that he's doing you never know the reasons why ultimately because obviously there's always a audience support for it but i know what you're going to say that he's got to go ahead and create another one you know amazon has already been knocking on his door amazon is going to be looking at Sasha baron cohen and saying you know what whatever you want to do we'll write the check for it you know right now it's going to be something maybe in a different character so i'm interested to see what the future lies for him but Borat 2 has been a big success for Amazon Prime and a big success for Sasha Baron Cohen. And coming out at the right time before the United States presidential election was just a masterstroke for him. And it looks like Amazon has a big hit for the months to come in Borat 2. What are your thoughts out there on Borat 2 being a big hit for Amazon Prime? I know it's touched a lot of people one way or the other. A lot of people are enjoying it. A lot of people are not. But Sasha Baron Cohen looks like he's done it again, and we want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Coming up after the break, Noe and Fine is going to explain his love for the Yakuza. No, not the real Yakuza, but he's going to talk about the series and his hopes for the latest version of Yakuza. And then also our good friend Josh Peterson, the man who hosts the Pop Culture Cosmos with me, he's going to talk about a couple subjects, including pinball machines that arcade one up just recently announced he's going to talk about that with me as far as arcade one up and the new pinball machines that they've got on the way and then on the back end speaking of arcade one up we're going to talk about the new outrun driving arcade machine that they just announced so we're going to talk about that and among us and pokemon go are hitting big strides in the middle of a pandemic and we're going to talk about that as well this is the pcc multiverse Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash, the charity benefits in the end. What will he get, how will he get it, and how well will he do? Find out in 2020. Arcade 1UP just finalized its games for its pinball machines. So getting the list out right now, they've coming out with three different kinds. It's gonna be a Marvel Games pinball machine with Spider-Man, Civil War, Wolverine, X-Men, Thor, Marvel's Women of Power, A-Force, Ghost Rider, Venom, Fantastic Four, and Fear Itself. 
Star Wars will have a theme for their pinball machine with Boba Fett, A New Hope, Octo Island, Battle of Mimbon, Darth Vader, which was misspelled on IGN, so I got to go ahead and change that. Darth Vader, Masters of the Force, Star Wars Rebels, Han Solo. I don't want to go into the Xbox Connect version of that. The Force Awakens and the Empire Strikes Back and Attack from Mars will be the other pinball theme that you can go ahead and get out there. That's Attack from Mars, Fish Tales, The Getaway, Junkyard, Medieval Madness, White Water, Red and Ted, Funhouse, Tales of the Arabian Nights, which is, that one's a really good one. I, I remember that one. And it's also Attack from Mars and No Good Gophers. That's all going to be set up by our good friends at Zen Studios, who we've actually interviewed before here at Game Source. So I want to ask you this, my friend. These units are going to roughly be charged. You can go ahead and I think order some of them on GameStop already. Between five and $600. Do you think this is going to be a good deal for anyone out there that's interested in pursuing a pinball fantasy? It's video pinball, right? The actual pinball machine setups. And then the interface is going to be what you're seeing as far as, let's say, you want a Spider-Man table. It's going to turn into a Spider-Man table. If you want a oh, uh, Empire no, Strikes okay. Back table, it's going to be an Empire Strikes Back table. You know, it's going to be something that it's going to have the actual physical yeah. units that set up there. So, what are your thoughts on this? It's similar to what you're seeing now with the arcade one-up game machines, the like the one you have. Yeah, I mean, I'm, that's exciting. Pinball machines are expensive, and I think that having them be more accessible at any level is a great idea. I would hope that the quality with a pinball machine would be better because you're not using like game mods you know you're just using not mods but i mean like game ver different versions of games right like how the gal my galaga is from playstation 3 then it just doesn't work very well with pinball machine my hope would be that it'd be like a higher quality product and just because there's you know it, it has to work or it doesn't work so i am definitely interested in it i have to i want to see it run i want to see it in person but it is definitely something that i am interested in you said this is on its way out and it's going to be ready for the holiday season I'm. Uh, it's looking like it. In fact, you can order at least one of the units already on at GameStop. You can pre-order it. So I'm not as high on these as much as I am the Infinity Table. And, and the reason yeah, why I say that, because the Infinity Table, they announced that they're adding some games like Asteroids and other arcade games from the past that, they've already, that you've already seen on some of their arcade one-up stand-up units. They're throwing that into the Infinity Game Table. And along with the, the board games from Hasbro, the comics that they're doing, uh, the ability to show, I think, other videos and things of that nature, plus play some arcade games, makes this Infinity Table really enticing. Whereas the pinball machines, you've got to be really into pinball and a pinball aficionado, and it's kind of nice as a, as a decorative item, but as something that's going to be as possibly expensive as $600, I think it's going to be a harder sell than the arcade machines that we've seen over the past two, three years. Yeah, you're getting a little more bang for your buck, and that could be cool. I mean, also, like, who doesn't remember, like, sitting, you know, at a pizza place, eating pizza on, like, a table and playing video games? Like, that whole concept's really cool. Again, like, with arcade one-up stuff, like, I have to see it in action, and most yeah. of the time, like, I'll have to try it because, you know, you don't know what you're going to get always so yeah i mean i'm excited about all this stuff coming out with arcade one up i hope that they're good products i know because they've had some 
questions. Uh, I know a lot of people have had some questions on, on some things as far as the build qualities and things of that nature. I know there's been a lot of talk about that. But for me, my Arcade 1-Up has been outstanding. I know you have an Arcade 1-Up as well that, that's really worked out for you. I really enjoyed my time with Arcade 1-Up. I'm intrigued on the pinball machines, don't get me wrong, but I think it's more, how should I say, it's more niche-wise as far as, I, I don't know, think it's going to reach as broad of a base of consumers as these Arcade 1-Ups did because the price point plus also the fact that it really just hit a niche at the right time. Now you're going into the pinball units, and I think it's going to be a little bit harder sell to reach a large base of consumers. Yeah, but I mean, most people who do play arcades or who grew up in the arcades were fans of pinball machines. Like you go into a lot of like barcades, you'll see a lot of pinball machines in there too. So I think that there's definitely a market for them. But yes, you're right. It is a little more niche. What are your thoughts out there on RK One Up going into the world of pinball with several different options that are being brought to consumers with a whole varying load of games? We want to hear your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. I want to ask you this. I mean, we just passed Halloween, and I understand the Craft Legacy came out to on demand, and the box office really wasn't great for the other horror entry come play even though it did lead the u.s in box office we're only talking about a paltry 3.2 million dollars 3.2 million dollars which should be great for you and i but 3.2 million for a movie opening is not that great at all even though it was number one i want to ask you this i just didn't feel watching horror movies this year because usually every year i will go ahead and prep myself in our conversations with knowing and find a horror expert i want to ask you this it really wasn't a great year for horror movies this time around i mean the craft legacy just didn't do it for me maybe it's because of 2020 i just think it's so hard for a lot of people to get into horror movies this year yeah i mean the world's already pretty scary but i look at this as horror movies have kind of i don't know i feel like they've reached a point where they're just you know what you're getting out of them you know what yeah it's very formulaic and you know i'd hope that james wan does something different with like conjuring three because that actually sounds really cool but that era is is long gone you know the 90s was a great time for horror movies early 2000s had some pretty good stuff as far as like the grudge and the ring and movies like that but you know we've reached a point where like those movies if those movies were to have come out today they would be netflix films you know and you could watch anything on netflix they're not necessarily scary but People like horror movies so much that it's hard to like scare people anymore. And because of that, it's hard to break out of that horror movie formula because it's been so tried and true. Like I look at something like it, you know, that's like the cool kids all have seen it, but it is not a horror movie. It's more like it's a story about these kids that happens to take place in a horror setting. And I think movies like that are really well done. But as far as like, you don't get a lot of movies like lights out and, you know, darkness falls and stuff like that anymore because they were products of their time. And now it just doesn't grab people like it used to. No pun intended. (laughs) No pun intended indeed. But I think that it is, a little bit harder, like you said, for horror movies. Most people are really just, they're already seen it all. They've seen it all when it comes to horror movies. 
Although they are still, as we've gone on several times over the course of the past years on the show, have stated time and time again, horror movies are some of the best bets out there in cinema because they're usually very low finance. They don't come with a high dollar ticket as far as production, and you can usually get a nice return on them. Now, with the theater situation as it is, you may still be able to sell off your horror movie to a streaming service at a nice price and get a decent return on it. What are your thoughts on that going forward? Because right now, these cheap horror movies, if they still keep coming out, could find nice homes at like your Netflixes, your Hulus, your Amazon Primes. You could still see that market going forward. It's going to be a lot easier transition for them than, let's say, these higher big budget films. I don't think it's a situation strictly isolated to horror films. I think that anybody who has a an idea for a film that may, might seem uncertain to a studio could take it to Netflix and it would do just fine. Have you ever like actually strolled through some of like the garbage you can watch on Amazon Prime? Like there's a horror movie there and it is literally just somebody who filmed something with a camcorder. Like if you can get anything out anywhere you know and it's just it's it's pretty simple to do so i mean i I think that if you're an aspiring filmmaker the streaming platform is definitely the best place to be especially with horror films because people will spend their entire lives watching horror movies on netflix and especially like people in like the 13 to 25 range what are your thoughts out there on the horror movie genre as we hit a different age of viewing with the predominance of streaming and the lesser importance of theaters and the film experience on a big screen just because of what's going on with the coronavirus and what's all taking place in 2020? We want to hear your thoughts on the future of horror films. If you've got one, we'd love to hear it. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PC Multiverse. Want to thank so much Josh Peterson for stopping by on the program. Also want to give a big heads up out there. If you get a chance, you're interested in the podcasting world or you also want to be a part of the podcasting world, got a great thing coming up at the end of this month indie pods united indie pods united just go to indiepodsunited.com get your tickets today it's a five-day event five-day virtual event it's going to be podcasts all over the place where you can find new and existing podcasts that are out there that you're really going to go ahead and love in fact you might find one or two that have become your favorites that are there so it'll be five days worth of podcasts also as well there's going to be panels workshops entertainers music artists, and so much more. It's just $10. That's $2 a day. $10 gets you a ticket to all five days. Just go to IndiePodsUnited.com for more information on that great event. Like I said, we're going to be a part of it on Sunday, November 29th. We're going to be there at 11 o'clock Central Time. So I think that's 9 o'clock 
Pacific in the morning, also high noon Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be doing a live 30-minute set from there, so look out for the Pop Culture Cosmos coming your way at Indie Pods United. And again, for any information, IndiePodsUnited.com. Well, my friend, before we head on out, I want to go ahead and hit you up with this. Among Us and Pokemon Go, they have been all over the news, especially Among Us, with the ties to AOC and her time that she got to go ahead and stream it on Twitch. But Among Us has been one of the, the most popular games after kind of a slow start when it originally came to Steam. It's really picked up Steam, pardon the pun, to become one of the biggest hits that's out there. Plus, Pokemon Go has gotten such a revival that the company Niantic itself has just recently said that it's going to be earning more revenue this year than even when it started, when it was a big craze. So I want to hear your thoughts, Pokemon Go and also Among Us really being big hits that are out there coming up for you right now in the middle of a pandemic. Because it seems to me that these two games and what they do and what they're about seems to be very fitting for a very troubling time right now. Pokemon Go is augmented reality. And, well, <laughs> reality right now kind of bites. But I have told stories when Pokemon Go first came out in 2016. I really didn't know what it was. I mean, there were groups of people. I remember coming home from the beach, and there was a car accident, and I just had to sit and wait, so I quickly turned on Pokemon Go, and I saw that there was a Blastoise. And I kind of hypothesized that's pretty much what caused the accident, because people were, you know, they take out their cell phones now. They were doing this because of Pokemon Go. There were people that were... They would, they would accidentally walk off cliffs or get hit by cars because they're playing the game. Oh, please. Somebody in my area almost walked into a, a swamp and almost got bitten by an alligator. I mean, it, 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 it was somebody found a dead body. I mean, it, it, you heard those stories, but they were true. I treat it now as a Fitbit for geekdom when I'm walking and hatching eggs, but it's still a very expensive game when you have to purchase incubators to hatch those eggs. So I have taken a small break for now. I'm glad the game is still going strong, but there, my argument with the rules are still kind of, you know, hit or miss. I'm glad it's doing okay. Pokemon Go, they've announced again that they're doing even better than they were in their first original year that they were operating. And that was a year that really Pokemon Go was a craze. Now, when it comes to Among Us, Among Us was a game that was originally released in 2018. And the game this year has really found its niche. And upwards of 300,000, 400,000 people are playing it at the same time, at any given time. And that's just amazing for a game like this. And basically, you're just—it's a murder mystery. It—it it deals with a lot of issues that, that people love to interact with. A lot of people loved seeing the streams of Among Us. I mean, it's a crazy thing right now when it comes to Among Us, and just to see it finally becoming a hit after two years of relative obscurity is a great success for that developer, and I'm very happy for them. It's been the type of game I think 2020 sorely needed. It's been the type of game that I think 2020 really couldn't do without. So a lot of people are very intrigued and, and follow Among Us religiously now, whatever platform it's on. But mainly people are just looking at through Steam. And I'll tell you what, a lot of people are very satisfied with the results. 
and it's created this phenomenon that we've only seen possibly even from Pokemon Go. That's the last time that maybe something this big has happened in the video game world with a game such as this. I'm grateful. Please don't get me wrong. But it's still microtransaction for Pokemon Go, and I'm still catching the same thing over and over again. And I go back to what I said before. Unless you have six people that are at a gym and they can come at different times when there's a legendary or whatever at a gym, if you don't have six to 12 players and it's very hard, it's not that fun. So I play at different days and times. It's very hard to meet up with anybody, and I'm really not through so many stops. So it's a good game, but I know people have been frowning about the spoofing, but my argument with the virus and finding the same thing over and over again, I can still go outside. I I mean, if I want to go outside, I'm going to go outside. But it's not as fun as the Game Boy version. Unless, as I said before, if you want to use the eggs as an incentive to use it as a Fitbit, that the more miles you walk, you'll hatch an egg, but you'll still get the same thing that pops out. So it's one six half dozen of the other for me. With Among Us, though, it's a game based in space where... You're basically trying to go ahead and you're trying to work as crewmates, but then again, there's others trying to stop you and there's imposters involved. And basically you try to root out who's the imposters and who are your friends and who are your crewmates and deals with a lot of social interaction. And this game has been primed for 2020 and a lot of people are stuck at home. A lot of people are now more confined to their homes more than ever. So they're reaching out to games like this and Among Us is now among the top games that are out there. So a big success for Among Us, big success for Pokemon Go once again. I thought Pokemon Go was going to go bye-bye after last year even because it was kind of tailing off in popularity. But unfortunately, due to the offense of 2020, has brought a lot of these games to life. And should these games have stayed popular or in the case of Among Us become popular in the first place, that would have been great. But the unfortunate events of 2020 has necessitated a lot of these diversions that were passed over, glossed over, or forgotten about in many cases, like with Pokemon Go and Among Us, to look elsewhere. But what happened with 2020 and being 2020, these games are now reaching the top of the charts once again. What are your thoughts out there on Among Us and also as well Pokemon Go? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. My friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for on this week's PCC Multiverse. Coming up on Monday, it is our good friend indeed. It is Josh Peterson who was on the show earlier today. He and I are going to be back detailing and outlining the latest news and information right there in the world of pop culture. We're also going to be talking about the Best Buy Black Friday ad. We're going to talk about that. Plus, I think we'll also hit up the next Walmart ad as well. But before we head on out, my friend, what are you looking forward to on Black Friday? Could it be something from Arcade 1-Up? Yeah, these Arcade 1-Up cabinets. Let's see now. What's the latest one, OutRun? Well, OutRun, yes. Arcade 1-Up just announced for everyone out there that's on its way. Their first driving cabinet has now been announced. And the main ticket for that is OutRun. It's among the four games that are coming with it. And it is OutRun is the big ticket on it. It's themed for the old OutRun arcade machine that used to be everywhere in the arcades back in the day. But 
when it comes to what Arcade 1UP is doing, this time it's a little bit different than most of their others that they've ever introduced because it does come with a bench as far as you can sit down or you can stand up, can be either or. So I want to hear your thoughts on this, my friend. Is this attractive to you? And the reason why I say if is because this is a very much a higher priced unit than some of the other systems that they're talking about. We've talked about it, Josh and I did, when it comes to the pinball machines being in the, between five and six hundred dollars. This unit itself is hitting at four ninety nine when it comes out. I'm not sure if enough people out there are going to be interested in it, even though there has been quite a bit of requests out there for Arcade One Up to produce a driving cabinet. The last driving cabinet that I really enjoyed was Speed Racer because it was the Mach 5 and you had the A, B, C, D, F, G buttons to do different for the Mach 5. Pod Racer would be great. I would love them if they could do an arcade cabinet of the Star Wars trilogy from Sega. For something like OutRun, I mean, it was good for the time, but for all the driving car games, really, OutRun, no, it, it, it's definitely not worth that price, and it's not worth owning that cabinet. Uh, you could do a little bit better than, out of all the ideas, but to pick out one, sorry. So it, it, I'm sure it's for other people, and I'm sure it's gonna be for collectors, but it's not gonna be for someone like myself. There's also three other titles that come with it, Turbo Outrun, Outrunners, and Power Drift. So the game is going to be available very soon. You can order it off the company's website, arcade1up.com. It is $500 for you out there. So if you're interested, we want to hear your thoughts. I know there's been a lot of people clamoring for an Arcade 1UP driving cabinet. So now that one's on the way, are you excited? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. But any last thoughts on the way out? Well, as I said before, and I'll say it again, I am stoked for this Yakuza series that is continuously coming along, especially with the latest sequel, Like a Dragon. The Yakuza games, the first two, were on the PlayStation 2, and I played the hell out of them. I liked the second one a little more. I had found out that these games were remastered and on the PlayStation 4, and in, in 2015, on the 10th anniversary we got Yakuza 0, which takes place in the 80s. The first two games take place in 2005 and 2006 in present time. But I do like the fact that in 2015 you got Yakuza 0, and also the first two games got remastered, and they got something called the Dragon Engine, which meant that if you download or play the PlayStation 2 game with this Dragon Engine, the load times would be a lot better, and the frame rate was a lot better as well. And 3, 4, and 5, which were on 3, got a great PlayStation 4 treatment as well. So the graphics and the cutscenes were more than just a fresh coat of paint. This Dragon Engine helped make the load times and the frame rate a lot better and smoother to play these games. And what they pretty much are, they're a mixture of Japanese pop culture. And from what I understand with the sixth game, they decided that the character was going to be retired because he's now in his 50s. So with this new game that's coming out now, which is like a dragon, 
it's not so much as a spinoff. I feel it's another generation of Yakuza games, kind of like Star Trek, where you've had the first six movies, and now the seventh one, you have a brand new character. Now you're going to have cameos from the other characters, but now you're going to focus on this one. But it's a very user-friendly turn-based RPG, and I feel this is what the RPG games should be right now. It will be available on the PlayStation 4 on November 10th. For PlayStation 5, though, it won't be available until March. I want to say March 10th, 2021. I know it's going to be out in March, but if you're getting the Xbox Series X, this will be a launch title. It's the first time a Yakuza game, as far as I know. For Yakuza Like a Dragon, it came out in January in Japan for the PlayStation 4. Let's get that out of the way right now. It is So it is a 2020 game. It's one of the earliest entries into the 2020 year for video games, but they are now releasing it worldwide, North America, whatnot, on the PlayStation 4 on November 10th, but for the Xbox and Series and the PlayStation 5, the next generation, here's the deal. Xbox Series X is getting its own rendition of Yakuza Like a Dragon getting its own rendition on launch day on november 10th for playstation 5 owners you mentioned it's not coming until march if i'm not mistaken is that correct as far as i know yes it's getting a march release for some reason okay so maybe a timed exclusive sort of speak but it is going to come to playstation 5 as well but i will tell you that it is something that i think a lot of people need to go out of the way to play it's one of the Better games of this year that's come out. A lot of uh, good reviews up behind it. And on a new generation platform, give it a try. Yakuza Like a Dragon when it comes out to either the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, or Xbox Series X. And then also later on PlayStation 5. So hopefully you will get a chance if you want to delve into it like Noah has without getting your fingers chopped off. Hopefully you'll get a chance to go ahead and give it a whirl as well. As for... What's going on with Disney and Borat and Pokemon? I still go back to what I said with Disney+. Plus. I, I, I think there should be a way to merge it. Borat, yeah, it, it'll be a while because you, you, you definitely want to make sure that if there's a reason why Borat would come back, where else could he go? What else could he really do? I guess it would make sense for him to come back in four years, but they got to give Sasha Baron Cohen something. Among Us and Pokemon Go, congratulations, as well as OutRun. But if I can put my two cents in for an arcade cabinet, I would definitely like to see WrestleFest again. I would love to see them put that on. Even if they could do Fist of the North Star, which is this really bizarre little boxing game. Very interesting, interactive boxing game. But... Even if they do a Sega, I mean, there was a Sonic arcade game with the Rollerball. There's so many different options. I, I, I'd even be enticed if they could do Jurassic Park. I don't know if the, if if it'll work. What are but, your thoughts? I agree with you on a WrestleFest, although I would make WWE Superstars the marquee, but I know a lot of people love WrestleFest, so I would think if they go ahead and finally get the rights to it, because it's not just WWE. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of rights issues when it comes to that game. So there's a long list of, of rights before they would have to go ahead and free that up. But yes, I would love to see a new WrestleFest arcade one-up game. I know a lot of other people have requested that along with WWF Superstars. Of course, it would be WWE, but something like that. But yes, I would love to see a Superstars WrestleFest, maybe add on WrestleMania arcade game. And maybe let's go with that and see where we go from there. 
maybe something as far as from the Smash TV Defender Robotron era from Williams. That would be something we'd like to see as well. Midway and Williams, that type of deal. So I would like to go ahead and see something of that nature for Arcade 1-Up. I hope it's the direction that they make, but the Infinity Game Table of everything that they've introduced lately of the pinball machines, of the, the outrun driving machine, and also the infinity game table. It's the infinity game table that I think is going to be the future for their company going forward. Been a great episode, my friend. I cannot thank you enough for being part of it. And thank you everyone for listening and watching to us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for knowing and fine, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. I'm Brittany Vitrino. And I'm Martha Bartlett. We've been nerds since day one and we love to talk. And now we're your hosts of But But First, Let's Let's Talk Nerdy. Come listen if you like anything from comics, anime, video games, sci-fi, and even history. Just sit back, relax, even join us with a drink in hand, because we'll have one in ours too, and come talk nerdy with us every Tuesday. We are now a proud member of the ESO Network, and you can download wherever you like to listen. See you next Tuesday. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.